Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. I'm Thomas Miller. And Robert, I would play this for you if I could, but they would bounce all of these podcasts off because of copyright violation. So you have to just listen to me read it to you, okay? <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'll read you some song lyrics here. Might bring back some old memories. I don't know. Let's see. When the moon is in the seventh house... <laughs> <laughs> and Jupiter aligns yes. with Mars, yes. then peace will guide the planets and love will steer the stars. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. So, <laughs> famous I lyrics. Guess. Do you remember those by chance? Not only do I remember them, I can smell the patchouli now. <laughs> Well, one of the big debates, especially now with Pluto, when when Pluto is in the latter degrees of Capricorn, you know, we could rewrite the lyrics here a little more astrologically correct. But in fact, I had somebody on Fun Astrology ask, is there anything correct about that? I was like, well, there were a lot of drugs in the 1960s. <laughs> Uh, the you know the play that it was written for was a drug based play, but we're bringing it up to speed now because Saturn is in Aquarius, Pluto is getting ready to enter it. Are we in the age of Aquarius? Astronomically, that's up for debate. Even astronomers disagree when that is. It could be likely is something like 120 years away, but in the larger perspective of the precession of the equinoxes, um, we are within orb of it. And Pluto's coming transit of this sector of the zodiac, and bear in mind the zodiac only exists if you live on Earth, because we're looking out at the stars and the constellations from this small planet, and, and these are simply shorthand glyphs for sections of space-time. So Pluto moving through this sector for the next 20 years is critical, really, in terms of what it symbolizes. I don't know how, how deep into this you'd like to go. Well, let's uh, go a little bit deep. First of all, I guess let's start with the precession of the equinoxes, because it seems like when you search up the disagreement, the one thing you do find some agreement is that it is tied to the precession. So why don't you go there and let's just bring the precession of the equinoxes up to 2022. Well, right now, the, the precession of the equinoxes is moving backwards. So we are currently still at the very beginnings of the age of Pisces. We're at zero degrees. And then it's going to keep retrogressing back into 29 Aquarius. So it goes backwards into the constellation of Aquarius, or the, the pardon me, the zodiacal sign of Aquarius. So these epics are traced back through millennia when the procession of the equinoxes occurred, when the vernal equinox occurred in Taurus, for example, that was the age of the bull. And we all know the story of the worship of the golden calf, and that's what predominated. Then some 5,700 years ago, the vernal equinox began to, it went into Aries, the age of the ram. And lo and behold, Judaism became the first some say the first monotheistic religion and they still blow the ram's horn the shofar on the high holy days today 
And then the procession of the equinoxes went from uh, into Pisces, the signs of the fishes, and we had the emergence of Christianity. And we are now at the end of the Piscean age, and we're watching religions, all of them, but certainly Christianity as well, is on the decline. So all of these ancient religions have gone through these same transitional periods, Thor and Zeus and so on were mythological figures. Well, now we are moving into this age of Aquarius, which is associated with humanity as a whole. And it's the sign of the humanitarian. It is also the sign of sciences. It's an air sign. It's an intellectual sign. It's a breakthrough sign. It's about originality and inventions and these colossal breakthroughs in terms of understanding. It's also about artificial intelligence and the internet, Aquarius is. So for the first time in mankind's history, we have technologically invented a global brain so that all points of the earth are connected instantaneously, really, for the first time in human history. And as we mentioned in these podcasts before, that includes Amazon tribesmen who have cell phones and televisions living in the middle of the jungle. So we are literally now one human race, and that's very difficult for the tribal infrastructure of the last five millennia, all based on tribalism and nationalism and religionism, and all these different demarcations of polarization and division and separation. Aquarius is about unifying the human race in this way, technologically. So we are going to have not only medical breakthroughs, but in fact, as a human species, we are beginning now to integrate our physical bodies with artificial parts. And this will continue. And this includes things like neurological implants and so on. So that this integration of physical, biological human humanity with technological and artificial body parts for the good of the human race, that's how we are evolving. So those are some of the startling directions in which we see the world going. Then, of course, you're dealing with the archetype of Pluto, which is death and rebirth and its extremes. So we are talking about the age of atomic energy and what we do with it. There are now something like, what did I tell you? I think there's 13,000 atomic weapons, or more than that, 23,000, I think. Too many. Atomic weapons, yeah, distributed around the world. And if these nationalistic and tribalistic and frankly fascistic political models continue at some point it seems almost inevitable that some madman will create a nuclear event somewhere that will wake up the whole planet and say all right this was a tactical weapon exploded over the ocean but they could just have easily have dropped it on a major city so what are we going to do now as a world dealing with all these nuclear weapons that are in everybody's hands going forward, because we could literally end the human race. And so far, our track record is pretty poor. So I'm afraid that for a while, we may have to experience those kinds of catastrophic events, really, to wake us up. And meanwhile, there are tremendous number of breakthroughs happening in all of the sciences, biology and medicine and uh, astrophysics and on and on and on that can absolutely save the planet from self-destruction if we'll pay attention to those. 
Meanwhile, we have forces that are fighting education, that are fighting information. All anybody has to do these days is to take down a couple of GPSs and suddenly things don't work. The electrical grid is off and banking stops and on and on and on. And since education is so vital to all this, that's why dictators try to control the news and control the information. They're doing it now in in Russia. They do it in China. Of course, they're doing it here. So the, the control over education and information is where these next battles will be fought. And a large part of the battles, I think, to come will probably be fought in space and over things like GPS. But this can be very, very dangerous because it can shut down masses of infrastructure situations that depend on electricity uh, to survive. But we've got to learn we can either coexist as one human race and we can coexist among them and, and delight in other people's cultures as long as they don't infringe on the rights of everybody else. But we have to learn to coexist if we're going to uh, survive. And that's what I think this Aquarian age, this entry of Pluto in Aquarius brings. There's going to be a lot more necessity, out of necessity. We will have to focus on reason and facts and science over superstition. What about the authoritarian side of Aquarius? That shadowy side that the individual freedom is one expression, but the opposite of that is control you. And we it's see how t- that could happen, right? Yeah, the opposite side of Aquarius, the shadow side of it, is Leo, which is, of course, the king and, of course, the tyrant in a negative expression. So it is out of the many, which is Aquarius, comes one figurehead, an Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin. So these are figures that emerge with high individuality. They are godlike figures to their supporters, and they're all alike in this regard. And they come to maybe believe in their own godlikeness. And in fact, of course, they have to confront old age death like everybody else. Uh, The old guard is slowly dying. It's just natural attrition to be replaced by what? By what? And that's the challenge. That is the challenge to see if we can create a, a body that is based on science and reason and facts to oversee the world, not necessarily to govern the world, but to oversee the world. And how, how would that be constituted? Who would participate? Who would not be allowed to? And so on. These are huge existential questions, but that's the age of Aquarius. I'm excited about it. I I will add one more thing, that these next 20 years, I've lived with this all all my life. I first heard about UFOs in the 50s. But at this stage, uh, with all of the military reports of UFO activities that are now slowly being unclassified and released, if we are going to have any contact with interstellar consciousnesses or beings or Technology. I think that in these next 20 years, we may encounter that. And that would be a huge boon for humanity here. Wow, that's another thought. <laughs> I've been seeing some articles where they're, they're talking about revealing themselves now. You know, it's like, oh, let, let's get out of the box so that we can participate in the show down here, I guess. Well, when you're dealing with Navy personnel, and these are captains of ships and, and crew and so on, reporting translucent spheres with black, black cubes inside of them, 
who are performing aerial maneuvers that are completely unknown here on Earth, making sudden, swift right turns and diving into the ocean or rising out of the ocean to make. So something is going on here or you wouldn't have this, this great number of military personnel reporting these things. So that's, that's what I'm talking about. We may be in these next 20 years with Pluto in Aquarius, we may actually begin to come in contact with what is the source of those things. Good friend of mine's brother is a 757 pilot with one of the big airlines. I won't mention which one. He says, oh yeah, they exist. We just can't talk about them. Airline tells us to stay quiet. Yeah. yeah. Neptune and Pisces. <laughs> right? Yes, indeed. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. But, you know, these scientific breakthroughs are there, again, for a reason. If we're going to have to find new sources of energy to replace fossil fuels, which we're doing slowly, these kinds of scientific breakthroughs may help us learn to desalinate water at some kind of cost-efficient means to provide water for those areas now that are drying up in the, in the western United States, for example. So that those kinds of scientific breakthroughs are likely. I think that probably within the next 20 years, truly, because I'll, I'll tell you why I'm saying this. Aquarius is a fixed sign. And I believe that with Pluto's transit, Pluto rules things like surgery and medical research and so on. I believe we will come very close to understanding what cancer is and how to cure most forms of it within the next 20 years. Because Aquarius is on that fixed axis with Scorpio and Leo and Taurus. And in medical astrology, those are the signs that figure in, in fatal cancers, the worst kinds of cancers, the hardest to treat, the hardest to get rid of because of the fixity of the, of the signs. So I'm looking forward to seeing some of that. So we know a couple of things about planetary strength, if you will. One is when they slow down to station retrograde or from retrograde to go back direct, they get stronger. We also know that when they change signs or when they change houses, they get stronger. So here, Pluto, for the first time, starts its dance with Aquarius in March of next year, Robert. This is around the corner. Yes, I've got the chart up on that. It's March 23rd, 2023, if you'd like to put your own chart up and have a look at it. And look at all of that stuff in Aries when this happens. And Taurus. And Saturn has moved into Pisces, so it is in new territory. To me, this looks like... I remember when we were kids, my dad had this Jacob's Ladder. You remember where the electricity went up the two probes? Yes, yes. He, we contributed to this. Um, uh, he participated in this booth at the state fair every year where they had the Jacob's Ladder. And, and so we had it in our attic the rest of the year. But it's, that's what it looks like is this planetary energy just going. What does that, how do you look at that when Pluto first starts to explore it in 2023 and doesn't finally complete the dance across that line until all the way in late 2024? That's a lot of dancing around with that ingress line right there. Yes, it is. And I don't know, Thomas, because what I have observed is that 
when a planet ingresses, enters into a new sign, it is always indicative of a synchronous event related to the symbolism of that planet entering that sign. No matter what else it may or may not make in the form of aspects, just the entry into the sign itself. So in 2023, and perhaps around this time, now this will be after the midterm elections in the United States, which are this year. But Pluto enters this Aquarian transit here in March of 23. So somewhere in the spring of 23, it would not be unexpected to see the escalation of threats of nuclear power. Iran just got the bomb. So Putin's Russia has threatened to use nuclear weapons. So around next spring, it would not surprise me to see both an event like that, hopefully a tactical event that is not directed at a city, and also uh, to see escalating violence in protest of the elections. And this is going to spread throughout society, really, especially in the United States. Goodness, 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 goodness. Well, it has to, because look at the squares here, you know, from fixed sign to fixed sign. Well, what I was looking at, too, was at this same time, the North Node is just completing its transit through Taurus. It's at five degrees. So here again, the North Node getting ready to change signs into Aries. And of course, to me, and I go along with Ryan Holdebertine, the German astrologer, the nodes are about groups of people, large groups people partially you know they certainly in a natal chart of a person they have a different meaning but here uh so if, if you're talking about taurus and scorpio you're talking about the world economy money you're talking about loans you're talking about taxes everything related to world economies you're talking about food taurus everything related to food production animals livestock farms wheats grains and so on food you're talking about water. These essentials are all under these square aspects from this Pluto in Aquarius. So now you're looking at further results of droughts, water shortages, food shortages, and wars, driving more and more migration. How does the world handle that? And of course, Pluto rules criminals and crime. And there's no more perfect example of crime syndicates than in Russia with Putin and the United States, pardon me, with a criminal party now who is all for secession and is already at the capital insurrection resulted in five deaths. So these are the kinds of things that are really beneath the surface. And I imagine some of them are only going to be emphasized powerfully around this of Pluto into Aquarius next year. Wow. I'll tell you what, that, um, okay, so there's a heavy load here. And what we're talking about is simply so that you are aware of what this chart says is potentially in front of us. And one of the things that I, Robert, I just love the synchronicity of the universe 
that you and I came together exploring these topics, and this now has been created. And our commitment is that we will be here to go through this together, and the chart will lead us through. Total agreement. Because, you know, really, when you look at what's going on, Thomas, it's the, for the world, it really is, it's the natural end of some major paradigms for human civilization. And this is a big deal. But what we're also witnessing is the birth of a new approach to human civilization. And this is consistent with this transit of Pluto going into Aquarius. We will force ourselves, perhaps through some bad events, but nonetheless, we will force ourselves to recognize we have got to change our ways big time, meaning the way that we govern and the way that the world looks. So we are witnessing the birth of a new world. If we don't like that world or that new form of government that's evolving, we can do something about it too, as we always have. But there does come a time, I think, in civilization, and maybe we are there, where the paradigm of war itself is seen as archaic. And that's always been something that humanity has desired, but never before accomplished. And I like to think that never before in human history have we had a one global brain where everybody is interconnected instantaneously. This is new. And within that context, these old battles for power and money and dominance and tribalism and so on are increasingly outworn and archaic so that people are traveling more, they're intermingling more, intermarrying more, they're coming together more. And that's what Aquarius is all about, to recognize it's the, it's the, the motto of the United States, e pluribus unum, out of the many, one. So out of the many civilizations and races and nationalisms that have arisen over the last millennia, now we have evolved where we have to recognize we really are one. We are all on one planet with a finite amount of resources, and those are changing drastically because of some natural processes as well as man-made problems, which we can do something about, I think, scientifically. So there's, there's great hope. No matter what happens, um, if we do have a catastrophic event, then perhaps that will be the wake-up call that we need to get back on track. But I, I believe we will get back on track. It may take a while, but we're in a period of transition, and that's a part of living, too. We all go through it personally, and now this nation is going through it as a, as a nation. And in fact, the world is going through it. So this is a natural process and nothing to be afraid of, but to try and navigate ourselves through it as much as we can, because I think really what's happening with Saturn transiting into Pisces at the same time is, is confronting the corruption that has seeped into almost every one of these old paradigms, whether you're talking about government, religion, the military, the economy, on and on and on, the old paradigms of living nationalistically and competing for all of these resources, I think is coming to a close. You know, it takes 26 different parts from different countries to put together a Ford. Uh, 
So even driving a car becomes an international exercise in, in economic interdependency. And I think that's, that's where we're headed. And out of that then will come new approaches and perspectives on these old paradigms, which I think are receding. And I'm fascinated to see what's going to replace them. Yeah, I am too. Well, we'll be here fastened in, buckled up, and we'll ride it through together. Robert, thank you, even for the tunnel. Uh, We appreciate the bright side on the other end of it. You've been listening to the. Yes, sir. You've been listening to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. If you would like to consult him for a reading, the information on that is in the show notes, including a direct link. We have our Discord channel. We'd love to invite you to participate there as well, where there is an after conversation led by the amazing Kristen Lawhead. And you can keep the conversations from these podcasts going there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you back again on the next episode of Old Soul, New Soul Astrology with Robert Glasscock. 